check. Check. All right. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Navigating every new day just isn't for the faint of heart. Ever catch yourself wondering how others make it look so easy? So what's their secret? Kathy Yeager has spent years in the media, meeting and talking to many inspiring people. Now, she's bringing some of those conversations from behind the microphone to you. Some names you may recognize, some you may not, but each are inspiring in their own way. It's all about the journey. Join Kathy on this journey and get ready to be inspired. Hi, it's Kathy Yeager. Welcome back to Mindful. You know, being in the media, one of the great things is a chance to get to know a lot of people and hear their stories. You know, folks like you and and our neighbors and hearing every day about these overcoming opportunities that actually make a difference and, and actually make your life a lot better once you've been through it. Well, how about those folks in the media like in radio, television, film, and music that get a chance to tell their story from a bigger platform and change other people's lives as well? Just last year, Allie Meyer from Oklahoma's News Channel 4 shocked us all, but I think shocked herself most of all when she found out she had a cancer diagnosis. What she did with that information, it's still making a difference today. I can't wait for you to hear her story. Allie Meyer coming up next, Mindful with Kathy Yeager here on the Stream Grace Network. Hang on. Allie, hi. Hey, I'm so glad to see you again. Hey, Kathy. Long time. I know it's it's been a while. I see you all the time. I mean, I have that advantage seeing you on television. But but there's no there's no real reason for someone who gets up as early as you do and you know uh, to look this good all the time. Really, it seems like you should at least have some wrinkles and some tired marks or something. Oh, no, there's no filter here, sister. That's the real deal. Now, I'm so glad to see. Are you getting ready for the holidays? I know you've got four kiddos. You and your hubby have a house full of people who are probably pretty anxious for the season. Yeah, Thanksgiving was kind of quiet at our place. I mean, it was just the six of us, which is um, maybe would seem like a big family gathering, but it's pretty small for us. It was just our immediate family this Thanksgiving. So sort of just a small family gathering at home. And we had a nice time and a long weekend to relax. And the girls are super excited about Christmas. I cannot believe that it's December. I mean, we're so this there. year has been such a strange and and I think a unique time for everyone. In in many cases, pretty awful. <laughs> but so we were wanting it to go fast, but now that it's here, we're like, wait, what happened? This year has just gone by so fast. I think just so much has happened. Ha- yeah, it's weird because 2020 has been like, in some ways, like crawling along. <laughs> Like, come on, can we get through this time already? Um, but then in other ways, I'm like, wow, okay, it's December. We're almost done. Let's kick this one to the curb and move on to the next. I think really we're but all ready. Everybody's saying that, but there's this little piece of me that said, you know, we had such a great time 
um, New Year's Eve. We were all having a ball together. We're so excited about the new 2020. And then that happened. Let's let's what's 2020. I'm like, I don't want to be apprehensive. I don't want to be doom and gloom, but I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go into this one just slightly more careful. (laughs) First, we know that. Yeah, but 2020 wasn't your year that really, I guess, rocked you. It seems like 2019 was. And that your story, I have thought about you and I can't tell you because I see you, um, but I don't get a chance to spend time with you as often as we once did when we were doing more work together. But I think about you a lot because your story has like shaken me to my core. And I think a lot of women have said that. And I think it's because of the unexpected. So I want to get right into it. You did what so many of us have done. Those who have a platform and a microphone, in your case, a camera, you try to bring attention to things that can be helpful. And you did that. There was a there was some ladies and you, it, hey, it's time to, you know, think about getting your breast exam. What the heck? Talk about what happened. That just just freaked me out. Funny, because in a lot of ways, I um, I forget. You know, in my in my daily life, my my new normal um, is kind of past all that storm. But oh, it almost brings tears to my eyes just hearing you, just hearing you talk about it. So whack. I mean, it was. What I do for a living, um, in the same way that that you as as a broadcaster, you shine a light on on other things and you tell people stories. And um, I met these two precious ladies from Eastern Oklahoma County. They live out in Hera, and they were best friends of forty years. And they'd had their mammograms a few weeks apart. And these best friends who live right next door both discovered um, in their late sixties, early seventies that they had breast mm. cancer. So story um you know in october's breast cancer right. awareness month i've done i mean i've done a, a breast cancer story every year it's, it's just part of what we do in october and um for me i had turned 40 earlier in the year it had been six months i um turned 40 in april and it wasn't until i was doing this story that the little pr gal at the hospital was like hey ally didn't i see you turn 40 this year and I thought, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll do a mammogram. You see? Hey, <laughs> I just think I was one of those people that thought less is more. Um, I don't go to the doctor hardly ever because I'm never sick. I'm super healthy. And so the less that I do, the better. And um, that was misguided. Mm. Is It is misguided. Um, going to the doctor for screening checkups and regular checkups does not mean that you are healthier than anyone else necessarily. It just means you're not seeing what's going on in there. Um, so she had this great idea to um, broadcast my first mammogram on on television, which I was like, no, that's too boring. And women have been doing that for 30 years. Let's not be trite. Um, but Facebook seemed like a decent option. I thought this will probably be the most boring thing on Facebook Live ever, but can leave they don't have to sit and watch so um I thought your idea was amazing because if you think about it how many women without symptoms without any kind of you know family history think I better do this like as soon as I turn a certain age let's go for it you don't think about that now in my case I did have a history of you know uh, breast cancer and so I started checking um but 
what I found with you is you went in there completely unexpected of any negativity, any, you know, other thing, just routine. And what I, I mean, I got a kid. <laughs> I think it's because so many of us have been through, you know, this world. I got such a lump in my throat because it was like, I watched you and I went, <laughs> I mean, my, my breath, I just lost my breath because I thought how many women haven't gone because they don't think they have a need to, and I'll, I'll do something. I'll just keep checking. Cause don't you do basically self breast checks? Do you, are you somebody who, you know, checks, you know, yourself just from time to time and kind of keeps an eye out for anything strange? Um, I lost the last part do of that you- question, but, but I heard in the beginning, what, what I heard in the beginning is that I, that I was unsuspecting and I, and really, for me, it was not unsuspecting. It was completely mm-hmm. naive, completely naive that um, there could potentially ever be anything going on. Um, and almost, as, I mean, I, I will own really arrogant. You know, I, I just think um, young women and especially women who mm-hmm. are healthy and who um, do all the steps, you know, the, all of the boxes that we check about staying out of the sun, whatever, you just think I'm, I'm good. I'm above this. I'm not, this isn't going to be a problem for me. And so I, I totally was naive to um, really even the possibility that I could have anything other than a perfect right. mammogram. So um, the day just rocked me because I was so mm-hmm. unprepared for um, what the results were going to be. And then it's sort of like um, looking, looking back on it, it's like a slow motion train wreck <laughs> because it's like, I mean, anyone who's ever had an irregular mammogram knows first they call you back and then they tell you they need another mm-hmm. check. And they take a closer look and then they say, we need to biopsy. And that whole process can be a little traumatic. Um, and then you wait and you wait and you wait. And so I think one thing that that was a little unique about um, choosing Facebook and the, and the way that um, my story just kind of evolved out there was people were seeing in real time, like the way that women live horrific moments that you don't you don't go in for your first mammogram and, and in five minutes find out you have breast cancer. It's like over the course of two weeks, it sort of consumes you. Torture. (laughs) It's all you can think about. Yeah. I can understand. Well, now when you finally, okay, you understood it, you had to wrap your mind around it. How did you talk to your family? I guess for me, when you think about the kids, you want to do two things. You don't want to scare them, but you also want them to be in a situation as they get older to be more prepared because it's a, it's a, it's a super huge lesson, you know, for all of us when we think about ourselves and we take for granted what could be happening under the surface. So how'd you talk to the girls about it? Um, when I, when I got home, um, Zach and I, my husband just sort of processed, um, on, on the day, the doctor actually called me, um, at work. It was about the time. Um, and so, (laughs) out, Kathy, I answered the phone um, at my desk and I, I got on my reporter notebook 
And I just started writing down all the things that he was telling me, like, like a like story, I, like just I do. Taking, yeah. In, information. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, reporters gather information in high pressure scenarios all the time. So the fact that the pressure was happening in my heart and in my mind um, was really no different. I, I did not cry at work. Um, I wrote it all down. I went and um, told my managers uh, that I would need to leave mm -hmm. for the day. And I um, got in my car and just, and just lost it. I called my mom first. And um, at first I, I thought, I'm just going to tell my mom this, like I have told my managers at work. And the first time that the words, yeah. um, mom, I have breast cancer out, there's just, there's really no way to be professional through that. Yeah. yeah. Even for a normal uh. person to comprehend hope that a normal person never has to comprehend. Uh. Like, cause it's like a, it's just horrible. That's the, that's okay. the kind of call. Nobody wants to have to make to somebody that, you know, is going to feel everything. I mean, completely everything that you're feeling, but did she, empower you a little bit to be able to take that message home to the family. It's good to be able to have someone you can talk to about it first. And then. Yeah. My mom is an eternal optimist. So she just said, okay, well, we're This is going to be fine. <laughs> you know, first words out of her mouth with no details and we'll, we'll figure out what to do Ugh. next. And it's what you do, you know, because with breast cancer too, there's a million flavors yeah. of it. Um, I, I think medically speaking, I'll get very lucky that, um, stage zero early very detection, early, yeah. best kind of, um, breast cancer to, to possibly have as a diagnosis. There are certainly so many more diagnoses that are vastly more difficult to treat and have very, very different consequences on, on your life and such. So yeah, she said it's, it's going to be okay. And I tried to have that same uh, level of optimism when it came to talking to my girls. So as you said, I have four kids, they're all girls. So for me, the breast cancer piece too was particularly, um, you know, impactful for them knowing, okay, they're going to have to have their mammograms earlier. And you just begin to um, sort of get consumed with the way that this diagnosis affects your family, your girls, your, their, mm. their kids. They're um, each two years apart, so we kind of decided that the two younger ones would process that information in a way that was different than the two yeah. older ones. So we sort of um, did it that way. They 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 came home on the bus in two batches, so it worked out fairly well. And um, we told them all the things that were knowns, and then that there were a few things that were unknown, and we were gonna tackle them as one we, minute at a time. <laughs> Yep. And then yep. treatment, I know that was another big decision because I know, you know, in my experience with family that we've had to make the decision. One of the things in the package I saw run on, on um, your station about this, and I, I'm going to share it if you don't mind that I post it again with this, because it, again, the whole thing, just my heart, but your doctor mentioned, and it is something I thought the more you take the more, of course, that's going to get. But she said it was more about getting what you needed to get, but keeping from spreading. And that just knocked me out. I thought, okay, because I know when my mom had it, that was a decision we had to make. And and and, and it was like, oh, take it all, take it all, take it all. But they're not necessarily, that's not necessarily the case. Very individual. 
you know, um, that is about how you are going to long-term process um, your body and your diagnosis and manage your your risk in the future. But yeah, Dr. Denise Ravel said to me, and it and I included that in our story because it was so impactful to me. More surgery doesn't mean more survival. Um, in in my case, um, they had taken biopsies from both sides, and we knew that there was stage zero breast cancer on the right side, and we knew the left side was free of cancer. I, we'd even biopsied a portion of my left breast mm. tissue. And so for me, um, not only was keeping the left breast an option, um, doctors weren't even recommending taking it. Um, it's not that they wouldn't, if I had wanted that and pushed for that, and some women do, and by all means, if that is the best way that you wanna get through your breast cancer, you do you. But for me, um, I fought hard to keep as much of my body intact as I could. And so for me, when it came down to that left breast is a separate yeah. organ. I don't, I think a lot of people don't, I didn't realize even, um, they're, they're two entirely separate organs. You don't think and, about it like uh, that. <laughs> oh, it's, nice it's, rack you know, it's, usually means yeah. one. <laughs> There's two there. <laughs> yeah vein um and this is a little personal but i also chose to keep my nipple on my right side which is part of my breast right. tissue that is a relatively new procedure compared to mastectomy and lumpectomy and all the other options that have been around there for a long time and um some women choose to lose it all because they would prefer to just not have any breast tissue on that side um, in some cases it can reduce your risk but in my case the cancer cells were nowhere near the nipple and um since I was going to be the one looking at my body yeah. every day, that was the decision I made. And I am so thankful that it was an option for me. And, um, and that's the key. Out. I think everybody has an individual case and each person has a time with their professional to talk about what the options are. And I learned a lot from what you shared. And I'm glad you're so transparent. I know that had to be hard. I can't, I can't even imagine. My question was, especially like during the mammogram, which camera person did you <laughs> <laughs> I was, who did you trust in there? Like, I don't know. There's a few. I was like, hey, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, um, I took a guy with me who I have worked with since day one here. He's like a brother That's of good. mine. And I'm like, you know what? We've all got nipples. So, um, <laughs> but they don't normally look like pancakes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and just keep your head in the viewfinder, please. <laughs> I think it's amazing that you did that, though, because think about that. Think about that. You allow allowed for this. I think in the earlier generations, they always kept things very, you know, private and this and that. But I think our generation has figured out if this can help somebody, if I can step over that once invisible barrier and say, look, this is a reality. This is what happens. And wake up. You might need to do the same thing. I applaud it. And I am, I think you won awards for this, if I'm not mistaken. And by God, you should have, because I am so, um, I'm so blessed by, you know, again, that transparency and willingness to share your story and the vulnerability you had, because sometimes even that can inspire someone to, you know, realize it's okay to have the feelings you're having and, and be in this busy, crazy super mom world, because you know, you can be a super mom, but you're still allowed to say, I need help. And this feels like, you know, junk. And I, you know, and, I, and 
pray through it and have strangers, complete strangers praying you through it too. I have never regretted um, for a moment, really, my decision to share. I'll keep in mind when I first turned on that Facebook Live, I had no idea what it was going to turn mm -hmm. into. Um, but I, I have, I just have not regretted. Um, and and you know, working in the media, um, people can be lovely and they can be really. And shockingly, I have had almost no ugliness. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think in some ways, when you just lay it out there and full transparency with no agenda or, um, at, at, you know, avenue that you're trying to gain something from it, people, um, that they showed up for me in just a really loving way. And, and it made getting through all of that so much easier. Just, um, n knowing that every time I opened my phone or clicked open Instagram or Facebook, that I'd have a few messages. I still get messages today. Mm. I got morning from someone in Wichita who said, my mom just got diagnosed with breast cancer and first person I thought of was you. And I just want to say thank you for your story. And there is so much that, that I, I'm, I'm through my battle, um, hopefully forever. Um, but the, the power of this story is still helping people. Absolutely. And that is, you could, you could, I never could have seen that coming. So well, what about final steps? Okay. Can you inspire those who may be sort of in that situation? Ha has anything changed? Do you eat differently? Do you, um, you know, um, have any suggestions medically how to sort of, you know, be on guard for something like this? What, what can we have as takeaways that maybe you've picked up from this? Um, I will say that really nothing about my lifestyle has changed. Um, I, I, I was pretty healthy before. Um, they, there is a serious connection between sugar and cancer. And I knew that before. Um, and so, and I think a lot of people know about that. Um, what has changed for me is um, the, the way that I'm proactively pursuing feeling wonderful in my body. And before, as I was saying that, that would have been not going to the doctor, you know, um, and now I'm like, you know what? I, I have felt a little down for a few weeks. I'm going to go talk to a doctor about that. I feel like something might be a, a little off in my body. I'm going to go see what supplement I can get because um, I'm 42 now. And um, your hormone levels aren't the same as they were in your 20s when you were feeling wonderful. And um, I just want to feel my best no matter what. And so I've had a real perspective shift mm -hmm. on asking for help, feeling my best and what that looks like for me. And I would say that the number one piece of advice I have for people who reach out and ask questions, and I get that a lot, and um, they usually want to know, well, what, what should I do? And uh, that is not a question I can answer for anyone. They're going to make their own individual choices about their best route through um, their cancer journey. But I will say, I always, always advocate for people to get multiple opinions. I'm really surprised how many women um, get a, a diagnosis like cancer or another diagnosis and they make an appointment, they rush in, they schedule the first surgery date and they wanna get through it as quickly as possible. And while it is traumatic and there are some moving on, I found so much insight and wisdom um, from talking to different doctors. I think as outsiders, we always think, oh, well, the doctors know it all. And there's like 
one way to do things. You go, the doctor will do the, the one way and you'll be good. Man, that could not be further from the truth. They're, they're all wonderful, but doctors are like architects. You don't go and ask for a building. I mean, they each are going to design it a different way. And, the, and it was exactly like that for surgical techniques and where the incision would be and um, the timing of surgery versus other kinds of treatment. It is so nuanced wow. and detailed. And those choices are all yours. That's what people forget. You don't go in to, to sign up for a doctor and what his or her choices are for you. You have options and you should talk to a few doctors. I mean, we go to a few places when we pick out a new carpet color. Why wouldn't we go to a few doctors to see what the plan is for cutting open our body? Holy mackerel. I guess because, like you said, we think they got the answers. It's a blueprint, and this blueprint works across the board, and that could not be further from the truth. And I am I'm blown away that even I, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, what would I do? Yeah. I wonder what I would yep. do. Wow. Mm-hmm. You are unbelievable. I'm so grateful for this conversation and just for you sharing your journey. I know that 2021 is going to be even better. Every year is is, is going to be better. Um, and I think it's because information is power and you've shared so much just in this two years, I guess, that you've um, had this experience. So I hope it can continue to help so many and men and women, actually. And I think just if if you can take anything away, um, even one thing, what a blessing. You probably saved a life, Miss Allie. You really, you don't realize. I hope so. And Kathy, just thank you so much for the way that you are continuing to invest in women and um, in information out there. I know that you know that the more we share our stories, the more connected we are in humanity. And um, I think a lot of what's wrong in this world is lost connection so thank you we are one body sister (laughs) we are well i love you girl and give everybody hugs around there tell mike morgan to stop posting weird stuff on the internet (laughs) (laughs) that man to behave we try (laughs) i have to pick on him i have to pick on him i've known him the longest so (laughs) well god bless you sweetie and i hope i see you very soon and, and and have a very merry christmas happy holidays to you and your whole family Love you, guys. you too. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time on Mindful with Kathy Yeager on the Stream Grace Network.